Welcome to Anything is Potable! I am your host, Sam Jam Packard, professional Boston Celtics fan, and I am joined by Celtics beat reporter for The Athletic, the kid, the god, the legend, the legend, Jay King. And we are coming to you today uh, after a Celtics win against the Charlotte Hornets, 109-92. to An effort was kind of Tatum, Hayward, and Kemball had 20 points. Ennis Cantor had a big game, 13 points, 14 rebounds, and 6 blocks. Career-high 6 blocks. Career-high 6 blocks. Jay King was on that. Uh, we'll talk about uh, the game, and then we'll uh, get to your mailbag questions that you submitted to the Anything is Potable Twitter account. The first ones, we'll start with basketball. Second ones, the final segment, we'll get into uh, a bit of nonsense. But here we are, Anything is Potable if you enjoy our podcast, please subscribe, subscribe, rate us on iTunes, five stars, uh, anywhere you get podcasts, but iTunes is important, Spotify is important. Also, if you want to read the fine words of Jay King, you can go to theathletic.com slash anything is potable. 50% off deal right now? 50% off deal, no. It's it's done as soon as the New Year hits. Oh, I, I don't believe in time. Time is a social construct. There's nothing uh, that is different between today and tomorrow when you guys are listening to this, but the you deal will be over. You scream so loud during the recording that I am now screaming <laughs> to keep up with you. So we're in my bedroom, people. Jay so, King has a giant poster of just an empty basketball gym on his bedroom wall. It's a little freaky. It was... Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not gonna lie. My room is a little weird. I don't have much. It's all white walls, and then one of the walls just has a basketball court poster thing. The ball is life for the kid. Uh, but let's talk about the Celtics game today. Oh, it was a fairly boring and easy win against the Hornets. Uh, it seems like the Celtics made a point of not letting Devonte Graham make a lot of threes, and he was not great tonight. Uh, but it never really seemed in doubt. The Hornets made some runs here or there to cut it to five, but uh, the Celtics kind of felt like they cruised, and especially in that fourth quarter where they went on like a 20-5 to five run. Yeah, it was kind of a boring game. The Celtics separated themselves early with defense. Jason Tatum went 5-for-5 five five in the first quarter. Gordon Hayward got hot in the third quarter. Kemba just drew a whole lot of attention and did his thing. It was kind of just a ho-hum game for the Celtics, except for Ennis Cantor's six blocks, which were out of nowhere. Previous career high, four blocks. I don't think we'll ever see the day again where Cantor gets gets six blocks, but big game from him. Just just kind of a business-like win for the Celtics to get back in the winning column. Yeah, um, Jalen Brown did not play because he was... Injured? Did he even make the trip? I don't remember. He was sick. He was sick. Sick. That's yes. what I meant. I, I was thinking illness, and for some reason I said injured. But yes, he was ill. But nothing in his eyes. <laughs> nothing in his eyes. Sin- ah, sinus infection. It could be eyes. It could be sinus infection eyes. close to the eyes. So, but it sounds like he'll be okay. He's day to day. But he- the Celtics did not miss him at all. Uh, the Hornets really don't. Play quality bigs. Uh, had a lot of Bismack Biombo and a lot of Cody Zeller minutes, and it felt like the Celtics uh, eventually figured out that just Ennis Cantor could punish them. But they tr- uh, Brad tried a few of the smaller lineups in the first half. Uh, they didn't seem as successful, uh, and the Celtics didn't really pull away. But the, the Celtics got a ton of three point looks in the first half. Gordon Hayward, it seemed like he was wide open almost every play. The Hornets sent a ton of attention to Kemba. 
and the guys in the seams, Tyson Cantor, were making pretty good reads. And so Hayward was open. Tatum had some open shots. Marcus Smart forced some shots. One but... for seven from uh, from three. Three for 12 from the field. But, uh, you know, it's Marcus Smart trying to work his way back into the lineup. But that's a classic Smart game. But Smart attempted seven threes. Walker, seven threes. Tatum, seven threes. Hayward, six. Even Shemi uh, attempted three. Like, the, the Hornets' defense was just uh, not good. And it they just leaving guys wide open. And, like... Good on the Celtics for making them pay, but um, I don't know what else there is to say about this game. It wasn't Marcus just... Smart and Cody Zeller had a beautiful moment where they were both fighting for position down low. They got tangled up. Marcus Smart was pretty aggravated from the looks of it, although I'm not sure whether he was actually the one making the contact. No, Marcus Smart was just upset because the past like three possessions they switched and Marcus Smart got caught on Cody Zeller and couldn't stop him and Zeller got like six points in a row. And this was this was the payback from Smart, but that was the, probably the most entertaining part of the second half. That was. I and and Cantor's swarm of blocks. Cantor has had a, a very solid game. The team was plus 15 in his 22 minutes, 13 points, uh 6 to 7 from the field. He's been December uh very solid month for Cantor. The Cantor haters out there, and of which there are many, um, a little bit more silent on the web. I mean, he has his flaws. He's not a good defensive player, but in terms of dominating the restricted area, he's very good at that. And the Celtics' defense has held up with him on the court. Now, can you punish him in the playoffs? That's ultimately going to kind of decide how much value he has to the Celtics. But as far as the regular season goes, they are pummeling opponents while Cantor's on the court and he's doing a great job obviously offensive rebounding he's just elite but he's he's been pretty good for them like their defense has been pretty solid very very stingy even when he's on the court so that that's a big regular season development well we did see in the Raptors game like they they targeted him pretty hard uh and and some consecutive possessions so that gives you more of a playoff feel the Raptors game um the Celtics did not play well. They were coming off three, like it was a three and four nights. It was a back to back, but you saw like kind of the flaws in Cantor's game there because rebounding was definitely an issue against the Raptors, and Cantor's defense was like a very much just something that stuck out in that game. Yeah, so I mean, and and there will be matchups when it's just really tough for Cantor to hold up, and against a quick pick and roll attack where he's guarding in space a lot, it's going to be tough for him. But he has he has things that he does well, and obviously that that's rebounding. He has incredible hands, like that one pass that they show the replay on, where Kemba threw the kind of quick. How would you describe that pass? I don't even know what's that called. I I don't know how you would describe it, but he had to reach up, big old right-handed mitt, and and grab it with one hand, and then finish. The other one that stuck stuck out to me was when Hayward kind of threw an ill-advised pass in traffic. There were like three defenders around. Cantor had to catch and finish in traffic and just did it seamlessly. His hands are really, really great. I don't know how he catches everything, but man's got vacuums for hands. And so I think the question is, it's like, other than the 76ers, who we'll talk about later. What was that little clap you just did? I don't know. I was just getting ready to like, you know, go in on this point right here. Okay. The question is, it's like... Just, just hyping yourself just up. Just hyping myself up. I was getting ready. needed to be on rhythm. Um, now you threw me off my rhythm. need to clap back. Um, the matchup is like, Cantor clearly 
against bigger teams, he's, you're going to need him. He's going to need to be sized. He's going to give, give you that rebounding. Uh, and I think ideally against smaller teams, you have the best five lineup or you have somewhere in like Tice and uh, or Grant Williams. I think the question is, are there teams that can kind of punish you for being fast enough while keeping like uh, while Kander's on the court and then punish you while being big while Kander's off the court? And so I think the matchups will be super important for the Celtics moving forward. But right now, things seem to be working for them. And they're finally, finally getting back healthy. The only other thing I had from this game was it seemed like Hayward was more in a rhythm. Um, he was 9-14, to 14, continues to be the two-point daddy, continues to be make the right decisions and make the right read. Um, but it just feels like he can get into the paint. Um, he also had 10 rebounds today and six assists. Uh, I don't know. I just thought Hayward looked more in rhythm since coming back from his injury uh, than he has in the past. Yeah, he. it was funny because he seemed super frustrated with himself early, missed a couple of wide-open shots, and made a couple of reads that were kind of uncharacteristic where he got in the paint and just made the wrong pass. And then he ended up with 9 of 14 shooting, 10 rebounds, 6 dimes, and I believe it was 21 points. And just had a super solid game. His his mid-range game is like it's it's incredible how efficient he is with the like stop and turn and shoot over guys. I I'm always impressed. Never fail to be impressed by that little shot that he hits in the middle of the lane. And if there's guys cutting, he finds them every single time in rhythm. Tatum had a nice dunk when a cut on the weak side today. It was just very Hayward when he gets the ball in his hands and touch it like gets a paint touch. Usually good things are happening for the Celtics. Now the thing that's like very impressive to me about Gordon Hayward uh, is his mental fitness. I mean we talk all the time about physical fitness, but there's another side to the game that's just as important, and that's mental fitness. Calm is the number one app for sleep and meditation, and Calm has teamed up with LeBron James to help you train your mind. Uh, LeBron and Calm know that your mind is like any other muscle in the body and Calm can help you train your brain so you sleep better, have less stress, and perform at your best. Sleep is an important part of uh, LeBron's mental fitness routine and for a limited time, our listeners, you can join LeBron in using Calm with a 40% discount and an annual membership at calm.com slash Celtics. That is calm.com, one of my favorite things to say, slash Celtics. There you can unlock your uh, content to help your focus. You'll ease stress. You'll sleep better. They've got all the good white noises to help you fall asleep. Again, that's calm.com slash Celtics. Now. This is where I listen to calm. You're a calm right user. Here. Ooh, is it very this calm This is where room. I listen to calm. This is a calm.com type of room. That's why you have such uh, good mental strength. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Just so strong. Mentally. Now, your boy, Jam Packard, planned ahead. He knew that this was going to be a relatively boring game. So, uh, Did you on. really plan ahead? Because you just had to stop the podcast so that you could go get your computer charger. Yes, yeah, so I did plan ahead because I asked the listener gods for questions to ask us. Uh, and they provided us with many questions by responding to at Potable with two Ds and giving us two segments. And so I think I did plan ahead. 
And sorry that I had to pause. No one would have known that I had to go get the charger. You ruined the illusion. Well, you can't talk about how how prepared you were when your lack of preparation cost us at least seconds. thirty seconds. Se- seconds, the gods of our lives on this New Year's Eve, Packer. I don't believe in time. Time is the social construct. Base ten, ballyhoo. Not for it. Read about it later, boss.com. All right, get into the questions from at DG Smithward. Do you load manage the big five by limiting minutes so that Grant and Romeo can get 20 to 25 a night for the rest of the season? I think that's just like uh, attempting to get a lot of development from them, but I think the the easy answer is a no. Two things. One, on a Brad Stevens team, players need to earn their minutes. He's made that clear from year one when they were not at all a contending roster and guys still had to earn their minutes. Number two, why? <laughs> I said two. I'm I'm going with three here. Number three, seeding is going to be important this year in the Eastern Conference. You you're going to want home court. You're going to want to avoid the Bucks slash maybe Sixers in round two. You're going to want to make sure that the seeding is correct and playing guys who don't deserve minutes. 25 minutes a game is not the way to do that. Play the five main guys. The only way I can see this is like load management in terms of like nagging injuries or something. You're like be more likely to give a guy a night off because there's four other guys on the team who can kind of carry the scoring load. But like to ease off the minutes of everyone uh, just seems ridiculous with how much the second seed in the East is gonna gonna matter for the playoffs and like even the, the loss to Toronto, it's it, you don't want to like harp on it as like a huge thing. It's not, but like that could end up mattering and with like seedings and tiebreakers going down the line. So you can't like take anything for granted like that. And I just don't think Grant or Romeo need to be playing twenty to twenty five minutes a game at this point. Yeah, I think Grant has certainly earned a role. Romeo, when they're healthy, probably has not. Did not De- get into definitely, the final. Definitely has not. 46 minutes tonight. He, he's shown flashes, but well, this is when, a good when the Celtics are fully healthy, they have five main guys, and then they have Brad Wanamaker, and then they have Ennis. Grant Williams and Shemi Ojale and Ennis Cantor and Robert Williams, and Romeo Lankford just, I don't think, factors into that rotation when they're fully healthy. So Boston Opinions asks, what's Lankford's ceiling on the Celtics? This year? I think in general, on the Celtics. So for the life of his Celtics tenure. I mean, who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Well, we, I, <laughs> how many minutes of him have we seen this year? Fewer than 100, I'm sure. I don't know. I don't know whether he'll learn how to shoot. I don't know whether he'll be a scorer. I don't know how well he'll defend. I literally know very little about Romeo Langford. He's 19 years old. He is very young. and His ceiling? He could be the best player in the NBA. Yeah. (laughs) If we're talking about ceilings. I I really don't know enough about Romeo Langford to answer that question. Um, He's shown some flashes of being a competent defender. He has instincts for the basketball. Beyond that, I really don't know. I think that's fair. We're not uh, prognosticators. I don't think Romeo Langford knows. Um, But we'll continue talking about bench guards who need to develop. So from at Evan Newell, who is a better option at shooting guard off the bench? A partially blinded Marcus Smart or Carson Edwards? He follows that it's up with... It's just a mean question. <laughs> he follows it up with, more broadly, where does Carson need to improve to fit into this lineup? Make shots. He needs to make shots. That's yeah, his one job. That's it. Like Carson 
is not going to be like making all the right reads out of the pick and roll. He is not going to be dissecting your defense like John Stockton. He is not tall enough or long enough to be a super switchy, versatile defender. He is in the NBA and on the Celtics to put the ball in the basket. And he hasn't done that so far. And that's why he fell out of the rotation. That's why he's in Maine trying to find a rhythm, trying to figure out how to find his spots and get his shots and learn how to impact the game at the NBA level. I do think he needs to get better at all of those other things. He needs to get better at reading the action. He needs to get better at secondary playmaking. When he's off ball, I don't think he'll ever be a point guard. But he needs to get better at all of those things. But what will make him a guy, what will make him attractive to Brad Stevens in a basketball sense is his, his knockdown guys. shooting. And he needs, <laughs> he, needs, he needs to do that. And if he's not doing that, then he doesn't do enough of the other things probably to correct the rotation. I think that's a fair assessment and I have nothing of value to add. So we'll move on from at Title City Boston. If y'all each had to pick one Eastern Conference and one Western Conference team that surprised you so far this season, what teams? which teams would those be? I have my Western Conference team easy. I think it's the Thunder. I just didn't think they'd be competitive. I thought like they kind of give up. They didn't. Their roster didn't really seem like it made sense with Schroeder, Shea, and Chris Paul, but they're kind of like playing them together. They're a 500 team. I don't know if they're going to like compete for the eight seed, but I thought there was a serious chance of them being a, a really bad team. And so my Western Conference is definitely uh, definitely the Thunder. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Spurs. The Spurs they're in the really West. bad. <laughs> yeah, I, I just think they're a lot worse than I thought they were going to be. And maybe I put... So much into the fact that I figured Greg Popovich could coach five mules to 42 to 45 wins. That I overlooked the roster fit issues that they have with DeRozan and Aldridge and DeJunte Murray and Derek White all being all having the same weakness, which is that they're not three point <laughs> shooters. And those are all probably their four best players. So they just have weird fit issues. I didn't know it would be as bad as it has been. They are not good. Is it the sign of the times for Pop? Like his like the thing that's weird about the Spurs is that their like three point attempt rate is so I think is like one of the lowest. Dallas league. Dallas is also surprising on the other way. Luca well, that's just Luca, Luca being absolutely insane. Yeah, he's insane. But also like they have a very solid good. like deep yeah. team of a bunch of like solid fringe starters who make up their. And bench. then in the East. I go Pacers. It's got to be the Pacers. I didn't think the Pacers were going to be this good. I knew they were like solid, I but think without Oladipo, I didn't think they were going to be like competing with the rest of the five other teams in the East. I think there are a lot of teams in the East that are better than I thought they'd be. The Celtics are better than I thought they'd be. The Heat are better than I thought they'd be. The Raptors are better than I thought they'd be. Basically, the whole top half of or the top six in the Eastern Conference with the exception of the Sixers, is better than I thought they'd be. And the Sixers have still been pretty good, all things considered. So the East is has been more impressive than I expected. Oh, all right. Well, speaking the of... The kid was wrong on the East. I think a lot of people were wrong in the East. That They're pretty even, the, uh, the conferences right now. Speaking of those struggling Sixers, uh, this is from at Kingston's underscore world. 
Is Horford just Hey, not- Mr. Kingston. <laughs> Sean Kingston performed at my school my freshman year of college for like our big spring festival, and he must have performed uh, his two hits 17 times in a row, and just after every song you go, Kingston, 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 Kingston. Electric performance. I'm so glad we you, got some Sean Kingston talk to him. Yeah, you really uh, shoehorned it in there. And I was, I was fantastic. But the question is, is Horford just not fitting in with the Sixers, or did he just get old fast over the summer? It looks like a shadow of himself compared to last year. And this comes off the heels of Horford uh, providing some some spicy quotes for Al Horford to the Philly Inquirer, saying uh, he can't really control his what's going on, but he's just not getting like the his role, or he's not doing things correctly. I really butchered that quote. Yeah, you did. It you, was just you like really, did. really bad. It wasn't a very spicy quote if it hadn't been said by Al Horford, but basically he was saying his offensive options are limited the way the Sixers run things. And I think that's fair. I think he probably should have known that going into it with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid on the roster. It's it's not a roster built for like, Pick and pops, or to run the offense through him, or dribble handoffs. Like like Ben Simmons coming, it doesn't come off a dribble handoff at like the top of the key, just because that's not part of his game. He's much more of like a downhill guy. He's not going to pull up and shoot. And so I like, you're right. Horford should have known that like he's not going to be the pick and pop guy because he's not going to be playing a lot of five with Embiid on the court. And like Simmons is not a traditional point guard. Uh, it feels like Horford and Isaiah Thomas, and then Horford and Kyrie had a lot of success kind of running pick and rolls that way. That's just not the way the 76ers are designed. Yeah, they're never going to be like that. And I I think things have been better for him or he's been used better for him when Embiid's out. Obviously, Embiid is the key for them. It did not work out today because they got absolutely worked by the Pacers. Pummeled pummeled by the Pacers. Um, But yeah, I, I, I think the fit issues in Philadelphia are pretty... They've, they're predictable. They're still really good. And I think what Brett Brown says about them being built for the playoffs may not be entirely wrong. But their lack of like playmaking, A, is, is tough on Horford because it limits him from being used the ways he has been in the past. And B, could be an issue in the most important moments when the playoffs come. All right, final very serious basketball question. This is from at Brixon. Uh, very simple. Trade hey, or Mr. Keep... Brixon. Okay, that's not a thing. <laughs> he asks, trade or keep Hayward? And I'm thinking he's meaning before this uh, trade deadline because they're, uh, you know, NBA fans and Celtics fans get real thirsty for a trade. They just want to make a trade. Um, and so I've seen some Hayward-like trade ideas floated, which just seem absolutely poppycock. And so I will. We, first, we can answer that question, but then the next question is: any indications on what Hayward does with his player option, and like whether or not the team would want to keep him after this year? But first, let's focus on the silly idea of trading him before the deadline. Why and for whom would be my question. There's just no player you could get that would be better than Gordon Hayward, and so maybe he walks in the off season, but just like who. This all comes up with Carl Anthony Towns talk. People, there's rumblings about Carl Anthony Towns wanting out of Minnesota. Their money, I guess, would line up. And so it's all part of all the kind of the craziness okay, I've seen online is based on Carl I Anthony Towns. I think we have a Carl Anthony Towns question later in this podcast. I, I lost I, it. I at least saw one on Twitter. Any, anywho, he's in, he's in year one of a five-year deal. 
the Timberwolves are in no rush to move him. They have tons of time to try to put a winner around him. If he's frustrated, they'll probably look at him and tell him, we don't care. Or they do care. They care a lot because they want to keep him happy. They want to win with him. They want to win and put a better team around him. But they don't have to move him. They don't have any rush to do it, even if he is pissed off as he might be with the state of the Timberwolves. So everyone thinking about all this Carl Town stuff, just take a few deep breaths and realize that's not how the NBA works. Really, really, really good young players just don't get moved when they have so much, so many years of team control. I feel like the Celtics have like, or Danny Ainge being Trader Danny and be like in the position they were the past couple of years with a bunch of picks and a bunch of high like value things. They are in so much trade talks that Celtics fans have just been like, any trade can happen at any time. And it's just, no, there's no anything reason. is possible. <laughs> exactly, but there's no there, anything is possible. But they have their five best lineups. They're not going to trade any of those guys unless there's because there's no way to like drastically improve. We've talked about it before. Maybe they go after a bench shooter, uh, but they're not going to trade anyone in their top of their rotation just because the team is playing very well right now. And so there's no reason to like they need to make a trade. We've talked about like going up and trying to play Joel Embiid in the playoffs. But there's no one out there who's just, like, can just stop Joel Embiid. He's a very singular talent that, like, there's no Embiid stopper out there. Maybe Aaron Baines, but I don't know. Uh, maybe. But. Shouts to Aaron Baines. Shouts to Aaron Baines. But, like, it's just not going to happen. There's no there's no Hayward trade talk is silly. Cat uh, um, trade talk is silly. It's all, uh, it's all poppycock. Speaking of... <laughs> Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. I mean, usually we just brush it off. We blame ourselves, saying things like "I lost my mojo" or we, "or we, like my big basketball sheet, my room fell off my wall, and I'm just not in the mood anymore." And we just say, "Sorry, honey, I'm not feeling it." But with Roman, it is easy to talk about, and you can talk about it with a real doctor who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. The doctor will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will send it to you for free two-day shipping. Boom, 48 hours. That's medication if you need it. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. You can get started today. Just go to GetRoman.com slash Celtics and complete an online visit. That is GetRoman.com slash Celtics to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's Roman GetRoman.com slash Celtics for a free visit to get started. GetRoman.com slash Celtics. All right, we're transitioning into the more nonsense questions. I don't know if we can still call these junk questions, but they the artists formerly known as junk or they're junk questions. They're basically non-basketball related. You're looking at me like I'm an idiot right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, the first one is from at Adam Taylor NBA. What is the most McNulty moment from each Celtics player? Now, this refers to uh, Jimmy McNulty, homicide detective, uh, Baltimore, West Precinct. In the uh, wire. From, from the, the wire, wire. yeah, that was, a, that was an important detail. I don't think we can do it for each uh, Celtics player. There's just not enough time, and not, not everybody has McNulty moments. The... McNulty is like a just a destructive human, self-destructive human, but also great police. Yeah, 
Bonafide police. Bonafide. Natural police. <laughs> Bonafide police. If I woke up dead on some street corner in Baltimore, I'd want Jimmy McNulty looking over my body. This is true. When, I, when we first started talking about this question, my mind, for some reason, went to season five of The Wire, where McNulty created a serial killer by himself. <laughs> And went to this grand scheme to try to solve actual murders. I feel like that's a Marcus Smart thing to do. I feel like his For moment, the greater good. I feel like his moment was when Kyle Corver was boxing him out or whatnot. And he had the greatest flop in the history of Western civilization. That was him concocting a serial killer. That was his <laughs> The moment. serial killer was McNulty's flopping. Yeah, like Marcus Smart, of all people, would concoct a serial killer because it would help out his team. When I think of McNulty, like... The- and those on his team would be like, yeah, that's just, that's just Marcus Smart. And those not on his team would be like, what the hell is up with that guy? This is the most ridiculous thing ever. But the thing when I think about McNulty is this quote that he says a bunch of times, the fuck did I do? And I feel like that's a Jalen Brown from last season where he just got blamed for so much and it felt like everyone was always yelling at him whenever he made a mistake and it felt like that was his natural reaction to it many times. But like right now, the Celtics are playing so well, there's no like scapegoat or like guy who means well who continues to make mistakes. I don't know if there's a McNulty on this team. Who's Bunk? Who's Bunk? Just a cool-ass motherfucker? Yeah, we won't say the rest of that quote. (laughs) All right, moving on to... It was humble, though. Yes. Uh, at Concrete Keenan, what is one weird rule you would add to the NBA that would make the sport more fun slash wild? Now, when I first thought of this, I was watching the G League today. They have the thing where if you get fouled, you only have to have one free throw. That's but, the rule you'd want? No, I was just thinking, mentioning that okay. I, uh, I thought it was like a, I enjoyed seeing a new rule. I was going to kick you out of my apartment. I was going to say add a four-point line. Four-point line. You get rid of corner threes and you add a four-point line. It would it would be destructive. It would be cool. It would make inside the paint even harder to guard than it already is. There's so much skill these Wide days. Wide in the lane, so many too. Three pointers. I I I'm not in on the four point line. Just just leave the game the way it is. Take oh, away challenge. Answer the question. Take away the challenge. Answer rule. the question. Change. Take the away rule, the Jay. challenge rule and don't have replays. Boom. You such a- save me time. You're such an old-ass man. And this leads to the Ian McDonald question. Is Benjamin Button based on Jay's premature old man takes? Now, I don't even really understand what that question is asking, but... They're just saying that at the age of 32, I have a lot of takes that would be more commonly seen in a 65 or 70-year-old who is (laughs) mad at the world and... But are you getting younger as you go on and getting better takes? No, your takes continue to be get worse as you age. I am... Um, yeah, that's the point. No, but Benjamin Button's reverse aging. I never watched Benjamin Button. It's like Forrest Gump, but he starts out old and becomes a child. Uh, I've never seen it. That's my understanding of it. Another very <laughs> similar question from at High on Drums. Ask Jay what it's like to be 100% washed. Hashtag washed king. People came at you today in the comments. Uh, people, maybe the way I phrased the question, but... Uh, people like to come at me. Um, so I, I have... The end of the decade has shown me like just how washed I've gotten in 10 years. I went back um, 
to find photos from like the very beginning of the decade, I was a lot skinnier. <laughs> I was still in basketball shape. I was still in college. I am now fully washed. I'm not going to lie. I am hashtag washed king. There, that you are. I mean, I would I would reminisce with you too, but I don't believe in decades or time. Um, I just think I'm peaking now and always getting better. Uh, but another question from Joshua Burke 21 when will Jay get fully back into his basketball prime, which I agree I don't think is ever going to happen, but into basketball shape, and then asked, is Jam available for a men's league team? Uh, yes, I am. I like that the people also assume that I'm better at basketball than you are, which is frankly absurd. Someone asked. No, so Josh, Josh Burke is my men's league basketball teammate. Oh. And he knows that I am the hashtag watch king. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's why he asked that question. We could use a little defense. I know you're you're pretty good shape. You like to hustle. You wouldn't be the worst fit on our team. I'm not inviting you though. <laughs> That's fair. All right. <laughs> At not really Doug asked us, are we ever going to see Jam versus the kid one on one? It should happen one of these days. I just want to put it out there that you should be heavily favored in this game because you can actually shoot the basketball. You mentioned what I'm good at on a basketball court, and that's trying hard and fouling on defense. And so uh, it should happen. I think it'd be a fun uh, – it'd be great for content, but you you should be heavily favored. I, I would be, and it would be a route. It would not be a route. It will be a route because it will happen. We will tape it. Just like Bobby Manning got waxed, I'm Packard is going to thousand percent better than Bobby Manning. We way more prepared, and we're going to be playing. Uh, I will foul you every single time. Okay, then I'll just take the basketball and shoot it again, and finish through contact. All right, I people. Mean, people forget I'm a beast. <laughs> After you spend uh, five minutes talking about how washed you are, you also are a beast. The duality of man is Jay King. We have um, a question from old friend. Red's Army John, who asks, Is it true that you didn't see the shot cock because of your excessive hair blocked your view like an Alfred Payton in an Alfred Payton like manner? So this is referring to your uh, the greatest highlight of your basketball career uh, in the media game, being deed up by me, just refusing to try and go at me because it's a little bit scared, trying to wait for the last shot and getting a shot cock violation. We've already told the truth about this, which is I, I did not know there was a shot clock in the game. I was trying to dribble out the game clock and make a play at the end because we were tied at the end of regulation. Scalabrini was on the other team. The The challenge of facing Scalabrini in overtime was not something that he proved it I overtime. looked forward to. And so I wanted the last shot. I thought that was our team's best chance. And turns out there was a shot clock. I haven't played with a shot clock since I was in college. I'm pretty sure... You started dribbling the ball out with like a minute 30 left, and they turned no, on the shot clock because they're like, this is it was, going against it was the a little, of the game. It was a little less than a minute. It was like 50-something seconds. It was an egregious move by me, but it was the only way we could win, so I, I needed I to try. I was guarding you, and I didn't notice the shot clock till about 10 but seconds left. Anyway, Corrales trying to start a hair feud with me <laughs> is the most ludicrous <laughs> thing I have ever heard in my entire life. The man hasn't been able to grow hair in a decade. Two decades, probably. I mean, the fact that a bald man, it'd be like Michael Pina trying to start a <laughs> hair feud with me. It, it's just not something that should happen. I'm sorry for the ricochet shot at Pina. He didn't deserve that. He did. He's bald. 
Yeah. So Corrales, Corrales wants to start a hair feud with me. I have beautiful hair. People will tell you, I have a nice thick head of, of black hair. It is one of my only good attributes. Say what you will about the Anything is Potable podcast, but we, we got two great heads of hair. Like we got it's strong. We're not like those bald dudes out there hosting other podcasts. Um, uh, this is an audio format, uh, so you can't really enjoy it, but it's there. I will admit, sometimes we get a little bit unkempt. We aren't the most stylish or uh, put a lot of effort in, but it's natural. Yeah, so Corrales, just obscene that he, of all people, would want to start a hair feud when he has no ability <laughs> to grow hair. I think that's a great place to end it. There's another question about where favorite place to get burritos or tacos. Jay's going to say uh, Taco Bell. I'm going to say Felipe's or Anna's, but, uh, you know, legitimate places. But, you know, to each his own. And that's all we got. That's all all the questions we have here on Anything is Potable. It's, this has been the free show. Uh, we will give you this once a week. And then if you're a subscriber to The Athletic, there'll be at least another show uh, behind the paywall. If you want to subscribe to The Athletic, you can go to theathletic.com slash anything is potable. Ideally, you've subscribed to our podcast on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Spotify, and you will give us a five-star rating. That really helps us out. Uh, please follow up Potable account on Facebook, or not on Facebook. The Facebook, uh, Facebook is for boomers. Don't, uh, don't have that. I would suggest deleting Facebook. Uh, but on Twitter, at Potable with two Ds, that's where all of these fine folks submitted their questions today. Uh, and thank you for listening. This has been another episode of Anything is Potable. Happy New Year, everybody. Time is a construct.